Hello, and welcome to Pianotech Radio Hour, the weekly bridge to the future of the Pianotech community. I'm David Anderson. And I'm Ethan Janney. And we're here to ask great questions, and then we'll shut up and listen to some of the authorities, experts, and most outstanding personalities in our little world of pianos. So, put on your best set of headphones, and let's get started. Look at all these humans. Who is that? that? Alan Edder is on the beach as usual. Yeah. Palm tree in the background. Yeah, baby. Interestingly enough, I see another participant. Linda Kay is actually seems to be in the same location. You guys should yeah. meet up over there, have a that. cocktail. <laughs> Got Roman Cugnia over here from South yeah. Africa. Great to have you. So Bondi coming to us from COVID Central. COVID Central. <laughs> nice. Mm. Awesome. Well, um, we this should get right back to it. We, we yeah. start a little bit, start a, bit, a little, little bit late. Um, I will just uh, say up front here, this uh, event is uh, sponsored by Piano Technicians Masterclasses, who can bring you uh, live online masterclasses from the best instructors in the world. If you want to find out more about that, just go to pianotechniciansmasterclass.com and, uh, and sign up for our full library. On uh, today's show, we have Jürgen Goring. He's a German trained piano maker and technician based in Canada. He's the owner of Pianoforte Supply in North America, a specialty supplier of the world's finest tools, materials, and parts to piano technicians and other industry professionals. Jürgen has been tuning pianos, uh, delivering lectures at seminars, and contributing to the piano industry for decades. We're, we're really pleased to have you here, Jürgen. Welcome. Yes, welcome, brother. Oh, and I'll un unmute you here, Jurgen, just a second. Unmute, Mr. I'll make you a co-host so we don't have to do that again. But yeah, David told me, Jurgen, while we're waiting for you, yeah. that you hold a title um, that sounds very exciting from like the German apprenticeship system. What was it? What was it? How is it termed, uh, David, again? Well, Javier ask, Bauer, ask, ask the principal. <laughs> well, first of all, I, I would just like to have a couple of uh, uh, words of of um, of greetings. I, I'm I'm yeah. just so tickled and honored to be here with you, Ethan and David. I've uh, uh, I've I've always admired the uh, the the quality of technicians that you've uh, had on your master class. I was blown away when I see the roster and to uh, to all of a sudden show up here on one of your radio hours i feel like i feel like a toddler like a like a two-year-old in, in a room full of standing adults and i'm running uh, and, and 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 weaving in between their legs that's what i feel like today so i'm but, it, but it's a great privilege it's it really it's really heartwarming also to see um so many colleagues here today. I see people, uh, friends from uh, from Canada, of course, where I'm located. I see Raymond, hello to South Africa. I see David, hello to uh, Northern England, is it or Scotland? Anyway, yeah. um, UK, and um, and uh, I'm not sure if we have anyone from Asia or somewhere else. Anyway, it's it's obviously international, and I encourage you to pick up some people in South America. Come on, or, no, to, from Antarctica. Anyway. Oh yeah, here here we are, 
and we only have an hour and there's uh there's a lot we could talk about a lot i can i'm 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 just itching to share with you all and um so thank you thank you thank you <clears throat> oh, just jump in with that term here and i'm sure david well i um yeah i was uh my name is obviously german of a german ex I'm, I'm of german extraction and I had I had my childhood in Canada. My parents had been immigrants to Canada, and when I was 12 years old, they decided to take the family back to Germany. So I was thrown to the wolves in middle school there, <laughs> and uh, survived. And after my uh, graduation, I decided to uh, to enter into an apprenticeship to become a, a piano maker. So. In, in in Germany, these apprenticeships in all different trades they are they're quite regulated by the state, and in my case, it was a three and a half year apprenticeship in a in a large rebuilding uh, outfit, and the uh, to become a piano maker in Germany, you you can either do your apprenticeship in the industry, so you know Schimmel. Grocery and whatever, or or in a uh, rebuilding shop, and that and I did the latter. I started what, in nineteen. 19- what's, what's the title that you received at the end? Klavier Bauer. Klavier so that's Bauer. piano, piano maker, piano. Yeah. So 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 I am a licensed journeyman piano maker. Wow, that's amazing. And then, then you at some point decided to move to Canada again. Right. Yeah, a couple of years later, um, the 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 prospects or or the challenges for uh, for running a self-employed, becoming self-employed and running your own business in in Germany, it's just very constrictive and lots of red tape. And I saw lots more opportunity for myself here. So in uh, when did you in, land here? In 1986. And, and did you immediately start becoming? Like a working piano technician? Uh, no, I dabbled in a couple other things. I went to a, a local college and took some courses and was involved in aquaculture for a few years. But in 1990, I started back full time in the piano field. And so uh, that makes it exactly 30 years. This summer, 30 years ago, I started uh, my my piano business here. And dude, I'm old. If you've got 30 years. You young whippersnapper. I am, <laughs> Jesus, I am old. Uh, that's awesome. And so you started out where you are now, kind of British Columbia? Uh, kind yeah, of yeah. I've always been here in this town, Nanaimo. We're on Vancouver Island. Uh-huh. This is where the, we grow the big Sitka spruce trees. Wow. There's a couple of them left. Oh, and so this is a question that's been burning inside me for years, and I've never asked it. Jurgen and I have gotten really close, closer than colleagues into friends over the past, what, several years, right? Yeah. And uh, he's one of the best men I know on the face of the earth. He's a, he's a beautiful human being. And one thing that I've always, have never asked, and I don't know why, when, two questions. Number one, how did you get a whole ring of clients hundreds of miles away from you up north of the Arctic Circle where you got to take a float plane or a boat or something to get there. That's- yeah, I, I love variety. I, I, I would die if I were just uh, 
in a job where I was at a, a desk pushing papers all day long or something. And, um, and I love to travel. I like to engage with different people. I, when I meet someone who is obviously from a different culture, they're, you know, just by the way they speak or their name or something. My first question is actually, is always about their background because I'm curious, you know, different cultures, what they, you know, their delicious foods that they have that I haven't found out about yet and things like this. Anyway, um, so I had the opportunity uh, my, my wife at the time was, uh, had, had been a, a school teacher up in the Arctic uh, of Canada, up in Northern Canada. And um, we went up several times to visit. She'd actually been a music teacher there. And so she knew other musicians in, this is in Yellowknife, that's uh, in Arctic Canada. It's a city of about 15,000 people. Which is in the Northwest Territories, correct? In the Northwest Territories, the capital of the Northwest Territories. It's the biggest city for about 3,000 miles around. <laughs> and uh, although it's only uh, 15,000 people, it's, it's the seat of the provincial government. It's the headquarters for the military, the judicial system, the hospital system, um, policing, um, and and so there's a lot of uh, white collar workers there. People move there from Southern Canada to get good paying jobs. Wow. And of course they are clamoring for culture that they have left behind. And so there's a, I, I found a bit of an open market there for, for people wanting piano services. Wow. So over, over the years, um, so I first, I brought my tools and, you know, two, three pianos of friends and then, word got out. And so I, uh, I up, up to this year with the COVID related thing, by the way, I, just two words on, on uh, this whole health thing. You know, I, th I thought that, uh, um, yeah, I, I would, I would dress up a little bit for this occasion. And I've got my, I've got my special tie here. <laughs> so just to honor the earth. Oh, what's I going see. on? Yeah. I get that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, so up, up, up until, so this year I, I didn't make a trip up north. I couldn't, um, but up to this year, I'd been going up there once or twice a year to tune pianos and I've made all kinds of very interesting connections and had all kinds of uh, adventures up there. And one of the souvenirs uh, that I brought home, I, I, I was right here. I don't know if you can see this. This this a giant twisty pretzel stick. Giant pretz, pretz, pretzel stick. Um, it weighs about twenty pounds, and it's made of solid ivory. Wow! And it's from a narwhal. This is a narwhal tusk. And that's like a whale with one horn. Is that kind of what? Yeah, these are these incredible Arctic whales. They're 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 very elusive because they scientists have tried to capture them, but as soon as they capture them, they uh, they die right away, and so they're 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 hard to figure out. And they have a uh, mostly the males have have one tooth. It's it's one of their front two teeth that actually comes out of their lip and becomes this huge. 
uh, tusk. And um, this is not a trophy, I have to say. This is not a trophy. The, um, the Inuit people up there, they have permits uh, and licenses to, to, uh, uh, to hunt for their Aboriginal food. And they're allowed to take certain small numbers of these, of these uh, narwhals. And um, by the time these guys are finished eating, there's nothing left. There's bones and there's the tusk. And so this is and not- the bones are cracked open for the marrow. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, um, <laughs> it, it, it's actually a cool story. I, I was, when I tune up there, everyone has, you know, uh, their Northern art on the walls and some people have some furs, you know, uh, wolf skin or something on the wall and I walked into this one home and I was immediately struck by the quality of the she had a bunch of furs like seal seal skins and stuff on the wall and they were just just perfect just perfect and I asked her where do you get these things oh she said we used to live way up on the arctic coast we were we were the only white people there we were running the company's store that or the you know the general store there and so we made friends and we were there for a number of years. My, my children were the first white children that were born there. And, wow. and, uh, and, and, and we were surrounded by the Inuit and we made incredible friendships. And of course they were all hunters. And I said, wow, do they ever get narwhal? She said, oh yeah, they, oh, yeah, they get well, narwhal. Wow. I said, so uh, what do they do with the tusks? She said, oh, they sell them. They don't do, do anything with them right there, but, but, but they sell them to another um, uh, uh, group of Inuit 100, 100 uh, miles down the coast who have a tradition of carving. So they create these interesting carvings. I said, oh, wow. Gee, do you still have contacts up there? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you can see where this is leading, oh, and uh, so anyway, through this uh, friend of her, a friend of mine, I I I got um, I, I got this tusk, and it and it came with the the official tag of uh, with the hunter's name, where the where the animal was taken, signed off by the uh, uh, conservation officer. I actually needed an export permit to to export it from northern Can Arctic Canada into southern Canada. Wow. So anyway, so even if uh, uh, my 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 tuning uh, expeditions to the north will eventually dry up, I've I've got a cool little souvenir. So that's an amazing story, Jurgen. I love that, and just typical of I'll bet some insane beautiful characters that are up there. So tell us how you got from working piano technician to working piano technician and proprietor of the best boutique tool and supply store in the world for piano technologies. Yeah, well, I, uh, like I said, I'd had my training in Germany. And um, when I started my business here, I was, um, I I'd still had lots of contacts to suppliers in, in yeah. Europe for tools and supplies. And, I opened accounts with domestic suppliers here. And when I went around tuning pianos, I noticed like even the pianos were different. I came across these pianos that had, had uh, you know, name board felts that were obviously, obviously had some kind of, had had some kind of a sticky backing on them that were flopping around everywhere. And I pulled this off and I said, 
where does this junk come from? Where, who even uses this? And then I looked at domestic supply catalogs, it self-adhesive name board felt, right? I, oh, Jeez. anyway, um, you can tell I'm not a fan uh, because any anything with tape will eventually sooner than later yes fall off and it's yeah. it's really not anything we should be using in pianos anywhere in my opinion um so i i had been uh using my my european contacts for for supplies for my own work and um just because that was what i was used to and so on and and a lot of the stuff that i thought was superior to what I could find here anyway at that time. And um, so at some point, colleagues uh, would say, gee, where, where's that? Where, what's that? Where did, where did you get that? Where can I get that? So I, so I brought a couple of things in for, for local friends and local um, uh, members of, the, uh, of our PTG chapter here. And, um, and I never had the, the urge to to start a little business on my own um, until pressure kind of grew. And, um, and at some point I just had a, uh, with one of the domestic suppliers, I had a very <clears throat> strange encounter, let's just call it. And I thought to myself, wow, anybody can give better service than that. Like that's like the worst service in the world. And and so uh, in 2004, I I, I um, started my little business on my kitchen table with chapter members around me, and um, and it's kind of taken off in my in its own way. And my my idea was never to to compete with the big companies and the good companies that are out there um, who are long established and have long lists of clients and so on. My intent was always to expand the palette at the buffet essentially for, for, for piano technicians to, to, to bring in stuff that is hard to find or unavailable to, to come up with tools that are just really um, high end and professional. My target was always the high end of the market and not um, not the do-it-yourselfers and uh, and competing on price. And in retrospect, it was a very wise choice for me because uh, because I'm I'm really uh, not a great I'm really a very poor salesman. Honestly, um, I could not close a deal if my life depended on it. But you know, I have. Uh, you have the goods. Well, yeah. I mean, I have. You know, I have a something like this in the, in, at, my, at my booth at a convention and the technician, one technician, two technicians walk up and one of them, one of them picks it up and looks at the other and goes, yeah. And they hand me their credit card, right? So, so professionals know and can distinguish quality. And, yeah. and so I didn't have to, I, I didn't have to do the sales bill. I don't have to close the deal. The deal closes itself. Oh. And, um, and it's just been really um, a fortunate thing for me. Also, on top of that, the area where I live, as beautiful as it is, Vancouver Island, it's it's prone to to kind of boom and bust cycles in the economy. 
And I found that early on building my, my tuning business that um, there would be some really lean times um, when business was just not great. And so I was looking for something that would, um, that would not, not, have, not have the dependency on the local or regional economy some, so that I could have another column of my income, my business that was, that was not affected by what goes on here in my community. And, and, uh, and now 2020 is here and this has become more, more true than ever. Um, you know, we were, we were all locked down for, uh, for a while and for three months, uh, I, I didn't go tuning and, um, and I still had a cash flow through my, through my mail order business. Wow. So, um, I know that there's plenty of people on this list that have that have uh, you know gotten what I call all-star crucial tools, and I can three of them come to mind right away. Uh, the tool that you showed to do fine regulation of jack position uh, in good pianos—that's um, you can't really do that kind of work, which is essential uh without that tool um the adjustable uh voicing tool uh is i use it every time i work on a piano almost um the hammer head remover from the shank is like the greatest tool for tonal you know uh dale Irwin taught me how to you know customize the top you know, maybe you know from note 75 someplace around that to note 82 or 83 usually on Steinways it's it's not in a straight line it's kind of like in a little horseshoe it, the tone gets better and better and you know Jurgen was really a bit concerned that y'all would think this this is oh this is an infomercial and I'm flogging this stuff look this is to me, and I said, absolutely not. Straight information. I'm a best practices, I think of myself as a best practices artisanal kind of piano technician. And I think there's a lot of other men and women on this site that think of themselves in the same way. And so you want the best tools. You, you, I do. So yeah. these are some of the best tools in the world. And yeah, go ahead. I, yeah, I just wanted to say, this is my this is my personal opinion of tools, and it is honestly has nothing to do with the fact that I sell tools, and that and that is this: we've all we have all, or at least I have, gone out and bought, you know, the fourteen sets, fourteen piece screwdriver set for nine ninety nine, right? Mm. <laughs> and we've all, or I have all, and I've probably done it twice. And I've always lived to regret it. In fact, every time the only, the only tool purchases that I've ever regretted and consistently regretted was when I bought a cheap tool, right? Because what happens when I buy a cheap tool? Um, the screwdriver jumps out of the slot and jams into my finger and I start bleeding. Um, the screwdriver will, will mangle the head of the screw 
and eventually the screwdriver will break or bend or or pair of pliers or whatever. So so um, it leads to uh, personal injury, damage to the workpiece that I'm working on, um, uh, and and tool failure and and frustration. And in the end, what happens? I go out and buy the professional expensive tool after all that. In other words, the cheap tool ends up being the expensive tool because I'm buying the expensive one and I bought the cheap one. <laughs> now, now I am not- It reminds me of what uh, Warren Buffett says about like the lottery. He says it's a tax on stupidity. Uh, and again, myself among the, the, the victims, right? But it's like cheap tool purchases are kind of a little bit of a tax. Now, <laughs> now, I would be the first to say, and I get people, you know, new technicians starting out and whatnot, and they ask me, okay, well, what tool, what, you know, what tools do I need? What, what, you know, I want to buy this and I want to buy that. And I say, wait, wait a minute, slow down, slow down. Figure out what, what do you really need right now? Don't buy, if, if, if you're just starting out learning about pianos, don't buy a $400 voicing tool, right? Get some decent wire bending pliers and a decent tuning lever and so on. And so figure out what tools you want and then don't buy as many tools as you can. Buy the best tools you can for your budget huh. because because we are professionals. We're not weekend warriors. We're not do-it-yourselfers. We're professionals and, and we need to invest in ourselves. And, uh, and in like what we're all doing right now, we're all investing in ourselves by having these conversations, but also in our, in our uh, tool purchases and whatnot. Those are investments in ourselves and our business. It's gonna make us better technicians, as David said, uh, give us better results and 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 further our business. So that's that's kind of my um, two minute spiel there on tools. Ethan, uh, what do you got for us, brother? Yeah. So from the chat here, we got a few more comments here. We said uh, Brent Witten uh, is sharing something that does not leave this room. He said he spent so much at Jurgen's booth at the St. Louis convention, he was afraid to tell his wife. <laughs> that sounds, that actually sounds like he eventually had to, some sort of like yeah, admission or something. Um, Brenda Ming, I love those flexible screwdrivers too. Let's see, Bruce Gibson, doesn't look like the extractor is available anymore with a frown face. Um, David Voice, uh, I would like to put the question do you see any good tools and or materials beginning to come out of China, where after all, so many pianos are made? Great question. To develop. Do good tools come out of China? Is that the question? Yes. Yeah, are there any good tools now tools? coming out of China? Um, well, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. I mean, you know, Chinese build rockets and nuclear reactors and everything else. And they have the capable of capability of building just as high quality stuff as anywhere in Europe or North America. The problem is that, um, and, and you know, quite honestly, I, I am not um, currently looking for, like, let's say I have pliers that, you know, whatever, let's hear, whatever. Here, this is an example. These are scissors, right? These, I use these for cutting, cutting damp or felt. And these come from Germany. I've been to the place where they make them. 
Um, they are superb quality for for the for the cost, and so I am not out there looking around for new sources that are maybe two dollars cheaper or even ten dollars cheaper. Um, so I so I'm probably the wrong person to ask if if there are good tools coming from China, but I do do know that there are many tools which are. Uh, perfect, almost perfect, visually perfect knockoffs of old American hail tools and so on. Um, but, you know, I've heard of, uh, from, of technicians telling me they had some uh, pliers for, what was it? For key bushings or something. And they were using them and the handles just bend, right? And so they send them back to where they got them and sure, there's a warranty. So they reach into the same the bin where the same one came out and they send them another one. Well, <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Absolutely. So, so you know, so I'm not um, I, I'm not looking for I, I you know I have a reputation. I've I'm trying to build my reputation of on 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 quality. And and that up to now has, you know excluded Chinese products, quite frankly. Got it. We've got more, some more things from the chat here. Um, yeah. Good. Let's see. Lynn Rosenfeld, to fully capitalize our business with the best tools is less than 2000. Big deal. That's what she said. Exactly. Exactly um, right, man. Uh, let's see. Jim Kelly, tools are an investment. Pity the fool that buys a cheap tool. Oh, rhymes. Nice. Um, let's see. Uh, Cy Schuster, I think people would like to hear the story of the Wilson Felt Factory. That sounds like a Charlie oh, yeah. Chocolate Factory kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, okay, that's a big story. Um, <laughs> right. I'm, probably, yeah, not, like I'm really probably not the one to talk to. But you know what? If you go on YouTube, there's an amazing video. It's about a five-minute video. Um, just Google Wilson uh, felt, felt Making, and you'll see Jack Brand. Um, uh, narrate walks you through the factory. Uh, there's a little, for my taste, there's a little bit not enough in the factory, and and lots of yada yada with with the pianos. But the yada yada with pianos is is with Steingraber, so that's that's pretty sweet. And, um, and Weigert felt hammers, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Weigert and and Udo Schmidt Steingraber and Alexander Karestin and um, you know these. These giants, right? And but I can say with Jack Brand, um, I have uh, I, I got in touch with Jack Brand because of these um, these Wurzen punchings. Uh, let me see. I just just happen to have a little bag of them here. Anyway, these ones you've probably seen them or heard of them, um, and. It turns out that Jack Brandt uh, is, is Canadian. He's, he lives in Canada, in Toronto. And um, he, uh, he has, he's multi-generational felt makers and uh, from Germany. And, um, and his, his company, his family decided they wanted to branch out and, and get a plant going in North America. So he's got a felt company in Toronto that makes 
uh, doesn't make any piano felts. They make all kinds of other technical felts and for other uh, craft purposes and so on. But anyway, I, I got talking to him on the phone about these punchings and he started telling me the whole story and he talked for about an hour. And then I said, I finally said, so these, uh, so this piano felt, that's like a big part of your business then, isn't it? He said, well, not really. It's about 2% of our business. Right. Right. But he's, he's a piano geek. Well, the thing is, the piano felt, he said, it's so specialized that when they develop that, it has all kinds of trickle-down effects for their entire rest of their production. They have been, by, by figuring out how to do this piano felt, they've been able to, to produce other products for the uh, pharmaceutical industry and whatnot, which have earned them millions of dollars. So right? correct me if I'm wrong, Jurgen. the first breakthrough was they... The, the wall fell down and they could have access to this particular kind of felt that grew in a particular place in what was Eastern Germany, but now is Germany. Is that correct? Yeah, what, what, what happened was um, the, when the wall, the wall came down in 1989 and uh, um, Jack's grandfather had had a uh, felt company. In Leipzig. Uh, yeah, just close to the Wurzen factory. And which had been expropriated during communism and whatnot. And um, when the wall fell down, the people who had been expropriated had had the opportunity to go back to East Germany and to essentially buy back their old land and production facilities, right? In all, whether you are a farmer or, or whatever, but so, so Jack and his father went back and looked at the factory, but there, there, there was nothing left to save. It had just been uh, let go. But down the road was the Wurzenfeld factory. And so they got involved with, with, with that company and essentially saved it from, from going under. Um, but uh, so anyways, but Jack, Jack and I struck it off uh, in, in, a, in a pretty cool way. And then... Um, uh, a few years later in, um, what year was that? Oh God, I forget, 2008, eight, I think. Eight, eight or nine, yeah. No, in 2008, there was a, a Canadian Piano Technicians Conference in Toronto. And I got in touch with, with the organizer. I said, listen, you've, Jack is in Toronto, bring him in for a seminar. He, he's never met any piano technicians in his life in Canada or North America. And he came there, and, and it was a great show, of course, with all his felt samples and whatnot. And that led to him being uh, presented at the Grand Rapids uh, a PTG um, annual convention in 2009 and 2008. Anyway, um, and, and then at the, um, at the next one, which was in your neck of the woods, David, it was it was down in uh, California. Yep. That's where um, that's where Jack then got introduced to Dale Irwin and all these other people. So and where the first idea of let's build a uh, an old style piano hammer from this felt, and that was a revolution. 
now basically that was already in the i'm sorry as, the, as i understand it that that was already in the already works. in the works with he, renner be, between right. renner and 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 Wurzen. that's exactly right and that yeah. was a huge revolution yeah i know yeah. that udo took off all his hammers and put re retrofitted every single piano in the factory and yeah. all the pianos he controlled in germany and france with with weikertfeld hammers and man there were just a, a huge step up in mm -hmm. terms of yeah. uh, ease of fitting and ease of voicing and just incredible sing, right. sustaining right. hammers. Right. Well, I'm not the uh, I, I'm not I'm not the hammerhead that uh, you know some of you are. I see some real experts here in the crowd, yeah. and uh, um, my expertise is more somewhere else. But can I can I deviate? Can I go somewhere completely different? Go for oh, it. Oh, absolutely not. Okay. You know, you know, um, during all this shutdown and whatnot, it's been, I th I'm not the only one, I'm sure I had an opportunity to, to kind of twiddle thumbs and think about, well, what am I going to do with my time? And I've had this old piano that I've dragged around with me since my apprenticeship, actually. I picked it up from a fellow apprentice, an old German grand, uh, and it's called a Westermeyer, which is a complete unknown company. And, but I, I love this piano and I dragged it around, hauled it from Germany to here and back and forth and everywhere. And anyway, and, and it was always my, my dream when I get, when I retire to rebuild this thing to its former glory. So this is an 1872 piano, Jeez. but it's, but it's for 1872, it's, it's a really interesting piano. It's really cutting edge. It has all kinds of features that, that today we consider highly modern. Uh, for example, the soundboard has, um, has a, huge, uh, uh, a huge cutoff bar in the treble section. It has, uh, wow. lots, it has lots of ribs and, and they're fanned out like this. They're, they're not parallel, they're fan splayed out like this. And they are, they are curved, the, the, the ribs have a curve to them. And so al although the soundboard was pretty much shot, it's still after 100, almost 150 years, it still had crown and wow. bearing. Yeah. Wow. And so, and then something, and, and, and it was always my, my dream, my uh, retirement dream to rebuild this. And then a couple of years ago, something kind of tragic happened in my family. My older sister um, uh, died very suddenly of a brain aneurysm. She was 62 years old and um, she was in perfect health. She was a long distance runner. And one morning she got up and she just fell over. And that was the end. Wow. And, and, and it really started, it really, you know, this is like an earthquake, right? You, the tremors go everywhere. And I think, wow, Retirement projects sounds great, you know, if you make it that far, you know, and, and I, and I thought, no, there, I've have to do something. And thankfully my wife encouraged me do, you know, get, get to work, do it now. Right. Don't put off these things in life that are meaningful for me. Start it now. So um, with the help of, of, of some inheritance then from my sister's estate, I actually sent the piano down to California to Dale Irwin. Wow. And then I flew down and we built the soundboard and we put in a new soundboard. 
oh. and we built it to the old specs and and um and then that's the, the and I, I just set the carcass down because I didn't want to deal with the action and keys and everything in the cross border. Anyway, we got that we got that all back up here, and so it's sitting in my studio. I've yes, during COVID, I also converted a four car garage into a workshop slash studio slash man cave. It's just right. a beautiful place, and it's in there now. And so now um, it's time to get on the action. So. Um, and the action, it's a patented action. It's completely back-ass word crazy. So I don't, uh, so you're all familiar with repetition levers, right? And whippings and what that looks like, if you can kind of picture that in your mind. So look at this. This is a piano key that has the repetition lever mounted on the key. And... Wow. I don't I'll see if I can do this. And instead of a whipping, we have an articulated hopper oh that moves like this. It's a and monkey. Actually, uh, <laughs> and I'm not sure if I can completely simulate this. Anyway, this thing kind of sits on here like this. Uh, and and what what touches the knuckle? That thing on top. This thing, the knuckle is this. The knuckle kind of goes on here like oh, so. Wow! Wow! Right. Jeez. And so anyway, it looks, it's it looks it's, like an it looks alien, man. It looks trippy. Yeah, it is. It's it, it's it's like Papa Geppetto made this or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's it's, it's crazy. So um, and when I first got this piano. I was in, in still in my apprenticeship. It took me months, months to f even figure out how to regulate this sucker because there's so many crazy moving little parts and adjustments and everything. So um, as you can see, the, the hammers had been redone at some point. These are, I had these refelted and I think they're pretty good. They're, they're pretty hard. They need some serious voicing. But um, other than that, we're, that's, that's on my to-do list, and and while I continue to to um, do my business, run my business, and serve my clients here locally, and and people out you out there in the world, I want to pursue my own dreams because, yeah, that's what you know. That's what life is about. It's about. If you have a dream, you've got to chase it down and grab it and wrestle it to the ground. <laughs> That's right. Just talking have... about that in in the phone call before this. It's a weird balance about destiny. Because in one sense, you have no control whatsoever. Destiny exactly. is destiny. Yeah. Destiny is beyond us. On the other hand, if you have a dream and the will and the belief in yourself and the skills to fulfill your dream, then you know, you can do it. It's a weird paradox. Destiny is beyond out of your hands and you can affect your own destiny. It's it's a weird paradox, but it's right. True. And, and in my situation, what I also realized that if I keeled over one day, like my sister did, yeah, there would be these pianos standing around the corner and someone would go to look at that. It doesn't even play. Look at this. It's really old. And, sure. and 
send it to the dump, right? Like, what, yeah. what are you going to... What the hell is this guy thinking? Why is he keeping this piece of garbage around here? Well, well, the thing is, as long as it's in unrestored condition, it's, it's a liability if you pass it on to someone else, right? But if I really get this thing into top-notch condition yeah. and playing beautifully and something happens to me or eventually it will outlive me anyway, I can pass it on and it will be preserved because it's not a piece of junk, right? That's right. And so these, these old instruments, you know, we are not their owners. We are, we are stewards and it's up to us. It's up to me to ensure that this thing doesn't get lost go into the dump on on my uh on my watch my responsibility i mean not for the whitney spinets or something but you know this is this is a very old and a unique instrument and it's been a you know it was 100 years old before i even got it and um and it's um there's a lot of history there in um in the evolution of the piano this played some kind of a little role you know, back in the 18, between 1850 and 1890, there was a huge amount of development and evolution in, in piano acoustics and piano mechanics. And, and, uh, and, and this, this happens to be one offshoot that really never went anywhere, but still it's part of the larger picture. And the more we understand those, those outlying branches, the more we can uh, really, really grasp what it is we're working with and what we're doing. Wow. Yeah, what a rich, incredibly historic and profound domain it is. Mm -hmm. All the people that throughout the last, what, 300 years have really dedicated their lives to like, how can this sound better? How can yeah. this feel better? Yeah. How can this play over the loud ass orchestra? How can yeah. we make this, you know, better for the artist? Because the artist is the fountain of expression, the, the fountain of creativity. And, and, and the piano is the, is the tool, is the, is the mm -hmm. delivery system. It's, when you think mm -hmm. about it, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Mr. Mr. Janney, uh, yeah. anybody can, can, does anybody have a question or a comment or a reflection right now? Yeah, we, uh, well, we've got some things. Well, nothing based on the passionate, uh, you know, <laughs> philosophical things that have been said. I was kind of sitting back. Oh, that's good. You know, yeah. oh, my job is so easy. These guys got a lot of wonderful, magical things to say. I'll just kind of sit back and relax. No, no. <laughs> um, but uh, I got a few things in the chat here. Um, let's see here. Quick, quick question. Uh, William Zander asked me privately. Can you ask, is the hammer extraction tool available? Something yeah, have? yeah. this tool is unfortunately no longer available. Um, I've, I've, I've done some research and I've found out that this tool, the guys I got this from, that, that, they, that this hammer extractor is built on the chassis of a different tool. Okay, different pliers like this, this pliers, what you see here, this is um, what they've done is they've essentially modified an existing pliers by putting in the, the, uh, the die here and cutting, making the cutouts and whatnot. So they would buy raw castings 
for these other pliers and modify them and then you know do the surface finish and assembly and so on and um so i've tried i've tried to hunt down the original manufacturer of this of the chassis of this pliers and it's just um it's it's very hard to to make make uh, progress there one reason being that that you know the demand for all these tools is is so so tiny in comparison to to many other fields and that's that's where also where the cost comes in right i mean going back to china you can get anything made in china the second question well they'll ask you is how many thousand do you need right, right. and right. and you know and i mean these tools yeah, I have this tool business and I've got a website and all this kind of, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is the actual numbers that are sold are, are very low comparatively speaking to almost any other sales industry. Because right? it's custom. It's custom. Yeah, exactly. Luxury it's custom, right. I mean, you know, if even when I had these things and we're selling them, I don't know, was I selling 10 a year, you know? A dozen, maybe. Like these things are not. Like I don't send these out in six packs, right? <laughs> um, and 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 so it's 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 just the numbers game or numbers issue. Um, it's just like it's just like normal the piano technicians. You're not going to get rich, but you're going to make some money, and you're going to have a, the best time you can have. You know, you're obviously a complete geek around this area of the domainlet of the domain of piano technology and working on pianos. So, oh my God, it's a huge benefit to us because I would never in a million years um, know where to buy your chopstick tool, your chopstick voicing tool, your single needle voicing tool, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the long shank, long thing shanked. You know, regulation tool, the those the pair of those pliers. I mean, my God, those are some of the greatest tools I have, along with my Falk tuning hammer. Yeah. You know. uh, so what? This this is another tool. I just want to present this briefly because it's a case in point. This is a this is a sliding sliding weight hammer. So there's a there's a, a flat tip on one side. This is essentially for for um, for seating strings or moving strings along along. Uh, of uh, a, 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 a V-bar, right? So this this weight, tap, 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 right? Oh, wow. And on this end, this end, it's got a little dimple on it. So you can just carefully tap bridge bridge pins, tap, 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 tap. Wow. And so, so this is just, I mean, anybody with a drill press can make this, honestly. These tips, uh, these tips screw off. There's another, there's another, um, there's another tip I have. It's a hollow tip. It's a hollow tip, and and I use it for tapping strings down onto onto bridge pins. The the hollow part goes over the bridge pin, and I tap 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 right. And so, I've 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 tried to get find someone to make these for me at a some kind of a reasonable cost that I could pass on to to the end user because I think this is the cat's meow. Do you think I can find any machine shop who is willing to make a dozen of these? for you know under a hundred dollars no 
So if you have had some, okay, I have blueprints for these. If someone wants to make their own, send me an email. I'll send you the blueprint. Happy to. And if someone has a source where someone can, can crank these out for 50 bucks or something like that, let me know. But I've kind of given up the search because I can spend a lot of time trying to chase down sources. And, and there's, you know, between, um, between this and, and, and other things, I've, there's a lot on the go and there's only so much time I have to, to chase down small things but uh yeah so we're we're getting close to wrapping this up yeah. tell me what two are the most the most precious gifts you get from being in this world from being a skilled piano technician wow the way you ask questions it touches my heart david because my answer is relationships you know i've met some of the craziest people and some of the most beautiful people through through, through my work both both tuning and servicing pianos and and also through my through my um through my supply business i just i just feel so so very blessed you know as piano technicians we work we work very much in isolation we work for ourselves and um many of us are not that organized or that tight with uh with uh, piano technicians organizations or the ptg or wherever you might live raymond in south africa i'm not sure if you have a have have colleagues there that that you have regular exchange with or whatnot but we the fact is we work a lot in isolation and through my supply business I've been able to, uh, you know, meet uh, meet technicians from all around the world, right? I at at conventions. Um, I mean, I guess anyone can go to a convention and meet people from all around the world. But as a supplier, they kind there's a they kind yeah, of magnet. come to me somehow a little bit, right? Yeah. And um and, and and a lot of the people there and there are a number of people that I've met who um who not only have become a huge source of inspiration and mentors, but they've also become really, really dear friends of mine. And that is, if, if I were to say, was there one benefit from my uh, supply business, the biggest thing I would say would be that. Wow. That's profound and beautiful, brother. Beautiful. Mr. Janney, why don't you take us home? All right. Well, thank you for that, Jürgen. I mean, um, yes, uh, I'm really impressed. I mean, I had some conversations with you as one of the number of people that, that know you throughout the industry, but uh, I feel like just, just today I'm seeing a, a really interesting deeper level from hearing about your cold shower in the morning before <laughs> preparing for the event. And you just seem to have such a lot of vitality and uh, passion, which I'm really appreciating today. Um, we put some links in the chat uh, there. Uh, if you want to give us some feedback, uh, you know, both constructive and um, positive uh, to help us make this better, um, there's a link. And there's also a link to sign up for supporting this project at $8 a month, which turns out to be like less than two bucks an episode. You get access to all the recordings in one place afterwards. Um, and in addition, just want to announce really quickly, I'm still setting up the 
the uh, the page to kind of promote this, but we're going to try something new on Wednesday evening, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we're going to open up some of our private content um, to the wider audience. We're going to watch the first half hour of Boaz Kirschenbaum's lecture on Ooh. voicing. And he mentions some of uh, Jurgen's tools and shows you how to use them as well in there. And um, it's going to be pretty affordable to join. Um, it's just going to be a one-time thing. We're going to put it up and then we'll take it right down, but you'll get a chance to like see what that content is about. Uh, we'll watch the half hour and then we'll take a half hour to discuss. You can sort of enjoy and relax on Wednesday evening. If you're an $8 member um, already, you have free access to that. And if you have any other subscription membership, you also have free access. Um, so those are the easiest ways to get on board. Um, but we'll also just, if you just want a one-time thing, we'll, we're going to charge $15 to show up and check that out. So Everybody here is welcome to join. Um, easiest way to join would be that $8 a month subscription that uh, I put in the chat. And uh, yeah, just want to make sure I get that out there. And after putting some promotion, just thank Jurgen again for joining us. It, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's really been a pleasure. And I, I hope you know you can join us again at some point um, to speak some more. It's been really wonderful. You know, this, this feeling of community that we have at the end of every hour. This is what, the 10th one or something like that, Ethan? Oh yeah, we're on to like 15, yeah. It's ridiculous. And the, the feeling of bonding and community and brotherhood and sisterhood, and I wanna hype it, but it, it really feels like, wow, we're together in this little domain yeah. and we all have this common bond of love for, the, for music and pianos in general. And it's, and it's healing for me. It's really good. It's 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 a huge, it's a tool of consciousness for me. So I want to thank you, Jürgen. Thank you so much, brother. And I want to thank everybody else from the bottom of my heart for showing up like you do and paying attention, giving us your attention and your precious time. Thanks so much, Mr. Yeah. Janney. Awesome. Uh, well, we'll uh, start signing off of the Facebooks and the YouTubes and everything. And uh, Jürgen, did you have something you want to say? Yeah, I just want to say I'm just I'm I'm all I feel warm and fuzzy all over, and um, yeah, thanks for letting us go into that dom domain, Ethan. Um, I know David and I. That's kind of an area that we we uh, go almost automatically sometimes, yeah. and 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 some of the others here. And um, please feel free to reach out to me anytime if you have any questions about anything you've heard. Um, yeah, I run a business, but you know, I am for, first and foremost a human being. And uh, yeah, if there's any way I can help, please reach out to me. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for showing up. It's been All right, kids. great. Be cool now. Cool. David, remember to stand for a second on Zencaster. Same thing to you, Jurgen. You I'll got it. Pop on the, the social networks and then I'll end the, the uh, Zoom chat in just a moment. So thank you all for joining us. We'll see you again soon. Thank you so much for giving us an hour of your time. Remember that you can catch us live online every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. That's right. Go to pianotechradio.com to register so you can interact live and ask questions of our guests. See you next week.